Hey Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily thoughts and comedy from Broadway super fans. From Broadway super fans. It's the day after the Tony Awards. Aw, Tony Awards hangover. <laughs> Not really. I woke up at 5 a.m. Yeah, you had to open. <laughs> and I had, I mean, regular work hours, but I still had to get up for work. Mm-hmm. Not 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I did have a nice, I, you know, I mean, I woke up super early, but then I listened to Waitress on my way nice. to work. And then I got there before my coworker. So I made a musical theater playlist and I was like, the Tonys were yesterday making a musical theater playlist. That's happening. Um, and then Perfect. we listened to Hamilton and Waitress and School of Rock and uh, what else did I put on there? I think those are maybe all the ones we got through before I was mm. like, okay, okay, fine. Someone else can put something <laughs> else on. <laughs> I concede. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I enjoyed the Tony Awards. It was interesting. There were still some awards that... It's not like it was a surprise, but it was like between two people, you weren't really sure who was going to win. Mm. There were there were no surprises, I thought. Yeah, I there's no surprises either. There were certainly no upsets. There was no. just like it was all I have never so closely accurately predicted so many awards. Me neither. Never. I mean, I was just like Hamilton. I feel like normally I yeah like maybe we have lots of categories I'm like it's either this person or this person but I, I you know and I never like fill out ballot poll right. you know no. things to actually look at my numbers and this year it was like halfway through where we were like uh nothing surprising like yeah we knew, we knew all of those and we didn't go through the plays but I feel like I was I was pretty Dead on with the plays, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I get, It's weird. I feel like solid Tonys, and it's interesting to have a year again where, like, I feel like in the past several years, it's like you wake up the next morning and it's like, mm, people, there are, like, those fan arguments that are, like, very, very vehemently happening everywhere yeah. people being like my show was robbed my show was robbed and i'm not seeing that and so i, I, I like drafted a tweet earlier being like huh it is weird to the day after the tony's like it is nice to have everybody just be like yes hamilton we're all in yeah. agreement it's fine i mean i think i think the nominations were harder than the actual awards because mm, of that mm. because he sort of knew who was going to win right but there were a lot of shows that you were hoping would get nominations because at that point that's all they have to bank on and right, they know right. it yeah i thought all the performances were pretty good there was a <gasps> little too I much thought- star like non-broadway star power like that on your mm. feet performance i love me some gloria stefan yeah but why weren't we hearing Anavia Fanye sing? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I thought some of the performances were just like we. I, most of my problems with the performances that I had were like totally like direction problems and yeah. like where you're like why that what that even Hamilton I was like Hamilton I mean, it's fine we'll see anything from Hamilton but that was the that's a song yeah and I've been thinking about that more and I, th- I I would guess it's because they almost always do the opening I think like anytime mm-hmm. it's been performed and that one maybe had the most for the most people to do besides mm. just Lynn. Right. Even though it was still mostly Lynn. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I, I wish the waitress performance was different. Like, I wish Sarah Bareilles wasn't, like, like creatives, get out of here. Yeah, I thought she was going to, if she were there to play the piano, that's great. Right. But not that sing. Stop perfect. singing. Don't trick people. Bette Midler is not in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Right. It, like... Um. Oh, wait. And also, did you see... Did you get... I got a Today Ticks notification. Did you see that? Did I show that to you? I think you said it out loud. I... Or maybe like, I, You can't get tickets to... I got a Today Takes push notification that was like, Hey, how'd you like Sarah Bareilles' performance? Why don't you buy tickets to Waitress? And I was like, go fuck yourself. Because Sarah Bareilles is not a waitress. No, she's not. I was surprised. Well, not. obviously, also, it's not like it's Today Takes. I was like, oh, wow, Waitress paid for a mid-Tony mm. performance push notification. That's true. You go, girl. I mean, thirsty, but get it. Well, Sure. I mean, waitress, I everyone needs, you know, uh, publicity and whatever. Waitress isn't hurting right, right now. I mean, they don't even have a fucking rush. The thing... Oh, that's still really frustrating. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... I don't know. It's so... It's interesting, actually, because, like, it's so... Imagine... I feel like Waitress is a show that if circumstances were different, maybe it could have been a, f- a big flop. Just by ha- trying to harness an audience. Because that's what, yeah. you know, like, because it's a solid show, but it's also the type of show that I could see, you know. I, I could see in another timeline, I saw it ten times, and I'm like, nobody understands. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I understand that. <laughs> oh, that timeline is must be really shitty. <laughs> you really needed that show. <laughs> I don't know. It was interesting listening to it on recording too this week. Or I can't wait. I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, okay. I think tomorrow is going to be like a big cast recording day. That's what I did today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I when I was came home and I was went out to walk dogs and babies with my mom, and I was listening to Tuck Everlasting, and she was like, "Why are you listening to something? Let's hang out." <laughs> and I was like, "We well. are." <laughs> We're walking wow. these dogs and babies. You millennial. Listening pleasant, to your music. It was a pleasant walk. That's we good. Were, we were still talking. I know, I'm joking. Well, anything, any other thoughts about the Tony Awards? I mean, gosh, I feel like I should have a lot more thoughts. I mean, I feel like... I don't know. Hmm. Uh, 
Well, we're going to get that reaction video out sometime. So that sort of has our certainly like immediate thoughts. It's a little hard to digest again this year because even I watched back our old Tony Awards videos before just because I was like, what kind of crazy things were we doing? (laughs) And like, I don't remember all of the things that we referenced. So even, even last year or whatever i'm like i don't know what we're talking about right right yeah yeah (laughs) so i I don't feel so bad immediately today being like i enjoyed them i mean i feel like i was really underwhelmed by the awkward opening i felt like the opening was in parts and chunks and that it didn't i didn't like it i wanted one and i also wanted a opening that wasn't about the host that was about the shows that he sang whatever preferences right um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought James Corden was a good host. Yeah, he did a good job. He's fun. Yeah. And he's like a Broadway guy, and he's obviously a, a natural host. Mm-hmm. And they didn't use him too much. Mm-hmm. I liked when he tried to go home with Oprah. That was good. That was pretty funny. He had so many costume changes. He did have a lot of costume changes. He was like Anne Hathaway at the Oscars. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think it was such a weird Tony's. Not in a bad way, but I don't know if we'll ever experience another one like that again. Because it was just sort of like almost literally a celebration of, of Broadway. Uh, because uh, what else are we going to do? Well, we already know who's going to win. Well, yeah, I mean, it was interesting... Because it did, like you mentioned, besides the Chicago thing, it was, like, current. It wasn't any, like, random weird performances, you know, cruise ships and whatnot. Um, But at the same time, it was also, like, the Hamilton show. Yeah. They were just constantly, like, Hamilton, 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 Hamilton. Right. They opened it, had their specific, had their specific performance, and then closed it. Hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, I mean, I can see that from a cynical view being here in New York City. But I can also, if I were 12 and watching this at home in the Midwest, probably would be like, give me more, give me more. Of course, of course. Give me more. So I see both ends of it. And again, what was it like? The ratings went up 35% from last year. Wow. And as long as CBS knows this is an anomaly and they don't, like, trek out Hamilton every year, I'm fine with it. Right. Hmm. Oh, Tonys. Well, let's move on from the Tony Awards. Yeah. We don't have too many stories this week, um, but there was uh, some fun things that happened on Twitter this week. Uh, two Broadway actresses' Twitter accounts were hacked. Two. Two. One Ooh. you may not have realized. Smart Jennifer or- Samard's Twitter account yeah, got hacked. Yeah, definitely. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. Wait. I know who the second one is. Yeah. Jennifer Samard's Twitter account got hacked. She, I think, it was like a bot. It wasn't a human, I think, because it just... Like, tweeted to everyone. It <laughs> tweeted a link to all of her followers in, like, little chunks. <laughs> and then funny. she was, like, like much later was like, thanks, everybody. I, I know I got hacked. It's all good. 
And the other one was Laura Osnes. (laughs) Who hacked Laura Osnes? Whoever hacked Laura Osnes seemed to have a personal vendetta. Yeah. It was not like a bot that was like, get a new iPhone or... (laughs) <laughs> I wait, I didn't even see what the resolution was for her her. Well, I just looked it, I just looked it up. So, yeah, whoever was tweeting from her account was like, "Haha, she lost her verified check." <laughs> and was tweeting like really vulgar things about really like vulgar. dicks and pussies and yeah. whatever. And when I checked Back at some point yesterday, all that was gone. She had her verified check back, and she hadn't said anything. But I just looked back now, and only three hours ago, because I'm sure they dealt with it, and then were just like, I'm at the Tonys. I'm not going to, you know, whatever. But she said, in all caps, TWITTER, and then normal writing, I am profusely sorry about the horrible, offensive comments made by the sick person who hacked my account yesterday. Thanks to all who reached out to help. Timing amidst Orlando and the Tony Awards was terrible, but nobody is going to rain on my parade. <laughs> and then she did like a fist, like the fist bump emoji and then the prayer hands and then a, a, a bicep. Oh my God. Strong bicep. I want to know the backstory <laughs> on that hacking situation. <laughs> I mean, I don't condone hacking, but I am very curious about who did it and why they did it and why it seemed so personal. Yes. Very oh, curious. God. But her dress was beautiful. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Where, where are you looking at it? I'm looking at her Twitter account. Okay. I'll go, I'm looking. Yeah. It's pretty. I love it. Hmm. Yeah, it was a nice. lot of, like, 20-inspired dress, 20s-inspired dresses this year, I feel. Oh, yeah. Well, so, I don't know, nobody else, did anybody else get hacked? I don't think so. (laughs) D-Ray got hacked. That's true, D-Ray did get hacked. Big hack. Yeah, he got, like, all his shit got fucked up. Yeah, they took it all. It's crazy. You guys should follow D-Ray, he's great. Mm. Very, very important human being. Yeah. More stories... Sally Field is coming to Broadway. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I literally, when I heard this, I didn't, I was working, and my, my friend Philip came and saw me while I was working and was like, Sally Field, Glass Menagerie. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And then upon further investigation, the only thing I think I'm on board with is Sally Field. Oh, Yeah. Well, I feel like we talked about it and you told me who else was cast. And I was like, wait, what? Like, isn't Joe Mantello in it? Um, yes. Maybe I talked to someone else about all the, uh, basically, wait, if you look at the rest of the cast, it's like Sally Field, yes. And then you're like, Joe Mantello, I'm sorry. Are you aware of the your age and the character's age. <laughs> yeah, Sally Field's a little old for it too, though, so I don't know if they're sort of just, like, aging everybody up. Why is Sally Field too old for it? She's playing the mom. Yeah. 
How old is that? But I think the teens are supposed, or the kids are supposed to be like in their 20s, maybe 30s. I mean, okay. Obviously, like historical, but this is like a Mama Rose situation. But Joe Mantello is a heart, you know, that's different. It's one thing to have like a, a woman playing a mother. In a show. Yeah, I guess be, Joe Mantello's uh, oh, 53. He's 53. That character is not... I mean, I was talking to no. Philip about this, and he's a much bigger fan of that play. That character, I think, is supposed to yeah. be... What did you say? 20. Yeah. Mostly, I think I, like, looked at the rest of the information about it, and I was like, listen, you know what? Whatever. Sally Field, I don't care. I'll see it. I love Sally Field. Sally Field is 69. Whoa. So Whoa! She- what?! No way. I mean, that, okay, obviously So she's Lorelai Gilmore. She had Joe Mantello when she was 16. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but here's what's exciting. Madison Ferris, who's playing the daughter, I can't remember her name, and I just saw this production, the other production that just happened. She is, I don't know what term she prefers, but, like, differently abled. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Which is actually really great, obviously. Because when the article that, like, the very first article that was posted that he was looking at, because this was, like, right after it happened, was, like, the wording of her casting was vague because they were, like, so pleased because she'll be performing in a wheelchair. And you were, like, wait a second. You didn't clarify if it's because she's in a wheelchair or if right. you're just making a character choice and putting the character in a wheelchair. Please clarify. So she is in a wheelchair. Yes, she is. Cool. Interesting. So I think I think that's a very good... Well, it's just the character herself has... I don't think, you know, she's not in a wheelchair per se, but she has physical mm-hmm. issues. So it's a person with a disability playing a person with disabilities. Right. Wait, I thought that, I mean, I've only seen that show on that last revival with Cherry Jones. Yeah. Um, oh, did you see that? Because I didn't see it with you, so I wasn't sure I if you'd did. seen it. I did. I did see it. That's my only familiarity with the Glass Menagerie. Yeah, me too. I was like, um, oh, it's about... She has a collection of things. I had no idea. <laughs> she does. But she's fragile like the glass menagerie. Right. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. And, you know, you'll be a good fact checker because we've both seen this play once. Yeah. Um, isn't I thought that she had like, a, I mean, also time period where they're just like, she has an illness. Yeah, it's like um, very vague. But I believe. Well, cause I thought, doesn't she also have m- mental uh, disabilities like, as well, like light in the piazza disease. Uh, yeah, uh, that I think was my she's understanding to be played. From... I'm not sure. I think, especially if this is the way they're going, she can probably also just be played a little naive because she's very sheltered. Mm. Right, right, right. Maybe so she can it. probably be played as that's part of it, or hmm. it's. You know, it's just that she doesn't get out much, let's say. Because <laughs> mm. if I remember correctly, Celia affected, like, a limp. It wasn't right. very pronounced, but it was, like, you know, part of the physicality of her character. Right. I don't know. 
Listen, I just love Sally Field. I love Sally Field, too. I feel like I just was like, Sally Field on Broadway? I get to see her? Yes. Well, and also, I don't want to, like, shit on the fact that we just had a revival of The Glass Menagerie because I want a revival of Gypsy. Hmm. You know, and people are always like, too many gypsies. And I'm like, never enough gypsies. Right, right. It does seem like, I I don't know. I feel like there are more plays that come around often than musicals. Oh, sure, because they're cheaper to produce. Right, it's so different. It's a bit, you know, you're like, we're doing a production of a play as opposed to like, we're doing a musical. Well, and I also think even more than musicals, if you're not a theater goer, you would know the name of an old Tennessee Williams play and maybe you want to see that versus spending your money on like a new musical and certainly not a new play. Like, what's this? I I had an, I was actually thinking about this the other day or sometime this week, I was just thinking about how, like, I don't know. I feel like I lots of the time have, like, lots of nostalgia for different eras in Broadway. And what was it like when, you know, you had to call the box office to order your tickets or send in money checks and, <laughs> I was like, say. all that type of stuff? And it also made me think of, like, I'm wanting to kind of look at the like tradition of revival and because now like revivals are so a part of how we understand Broadway now, but like 30 years ago, it was different. But then if you look at some of these older shows, they had so many revivals. They just were like short little ones. Well, yeah, because everything was shorter. But I guess right, I mean, right. not necessarily plays. I mean, more like musical revivals where no, we're like yeah. looking at these like what was revived this year and what was new this year. And, I, and then you think about like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm trying to pin. I wanted to look and because I was just curious about where it was in the decades when it was like, oh, revivals. Was yeah, revival I do feel like started right when we were right when you and I sort of both got here anyway, there was a lot of cynicism about revivals. And I don't know if it's I'm sure it's cyclical like anything else where there were like a ton of revivals. Right, and then right. The and only, everyone was like, there's no new musicals. <clears throat> right. The only original musicals, you know, were jukebox musicals or whatever. So the the Revival Tony Award has only been a thing since 1994. Oh, right. Well, that's because before they would give out a Best Revival that combined plays and t- musicals. <laughs> what? And like one, one play or musical would win? Right. That's funny. <laughs> Interesting. Look, the first year the nominees were Carousel, Damn Yankees, Grease, and She Loves Me. <gasps> Carousel, Damn Yankees, Grease, and She Loves Me. Did She Loves Me mm-hmm. win? No, Carousel no. won. Carousel. That was the Judy Kuhn, She Loves Me. That's okay. Um, then the next year it was Showboat and How to Succeed, and Showboat won. King and I, A Funny Thing, Hello Dolly Company, and King and I, that's Donna Murphy's King and I. 
Oh, and then it was Chicago, oh, which beat out sure. Annie and Candide and Once Upon a Mattress. Well, that so Annie it. revival was a disaster. Mm-hmm. I know. Everyone hated it. <laughs> I have a very <laughs> vivid memory of watching it on the Rosie O'Donnell show. Hmm. That was like peak Rosie O'Donnell, 1997. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, the Tony Award for Best Revival was started in 1977 where it was called most innovative production of a revival oh man which is an interesting distinction because right like as much as i love she loves me that production wasn't innovative right it's just a pretty production of a great show yeah it's just a like here's the show we don't even have to do anything to it Yeah, that's that is really interesting. That's such a distinction of like, like we're we are not here to give out awards for pretty productions of fucking shows we've already seen. Like, <laughs> and then starting in 1980, it was called reproduction in parentheses play or musical. So again, like, like yeah, very interesting language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the Wikipedia page for Tony Ward's Best Revival of a Musical. Um, and... Okay, so. It's interesting, in such a short amount of time, for it being an award, King and I and Lakage have both won twice. Oh. And there are is a list of shows that have two nominations, and it, it's like Annie, Company, Follies, Grease, How to Succeed, Jesus Christ Superstar, King and I. Oh, wait. Oh, King and I must have two nominations. And two wins. And two wins. All right, wow. all right. The King and I, the King and I is the most, that means that it's the most, like, revived and awarded because there's notes under... Gypsy, the show was also nominated for and won Best Revival in 1990. So Gypsy and the same thing with Fiddler won in 1991. So Fiddler and Gypsy have two nominations and one win. King and I has two nominations and two wins. Yeah. That is crazy, King and I. Also because I was thinking, I wonder if this is the last revival of The King and I that we'll see on Broadway. That's what you were saying on our episode with Jose Lana, which you should all listen to. Right. Yeah, you... Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. We'll see, especially now looking at this, because I didn't realize, I mean, not that that's not surprising at all, Um, but yeah, that The King and I is the most awarded or nominated... I mean, from looking at this, yeah, um, show to revive. If you want to win a Tony, revive the King and I. <laughs> I think it has to be the right people, but yeah, yeah, because I don't think. Well, yeah, because 1985 happened. Mm. If you don't know, now you know, huh, Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Why were we talking about this? Glass Menagerie? Oh, right. Revi- all the revivals that were, like, so close together. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
I like I said, my initial reaction was like, I just fucking saw that play. Right, right, right. But also I want to see Sally Field. And also there are shows that I want to see revived that other people would Hmm. be like, we just fucking saw that. And I'll be like, shut up. It's so funny. (laughs) It's so interesting because obviously, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's fucking theater. Everyone has their own shit that they care about. And if you don't care about it, you're like, shut up. Why is that happening? I don't care. Because my literal first thought was I was like, Sally Field, literally, I do not give a flying fuck about any of the other details. You said Sally Field. I said yes. Like, I just, I love Sally Field. And because she's like a movie star and a TV star to me. Like, I, she's sort of one of those people that, in the back of my mind, I I never even thought about, like, seeing her human form in person. And now I'm like, I'm going to see her on a stage. She was on ER. She was Abby's mom. Unfortunately, that is the Sally Field work that I most strongly identify with. Well, we have our Tracy Turnblad. Who? Who? Who is it? She's a newcomer. Oh. And she's a proper size oh good but uh her name is maddie bailio bailio i don't know welcome and uh she she looks great i watched a part of her audition video they released and she's really good that's awesome great yeah i think she's gonna be great exciting more news cynthia nixon and laura linney are gonna be in little foxes a show I've heard Wait, of, but don't Laura know Linney? too much about. Yeah. Okay. In my brain, who did I you think it was I said? Diane Lane. No. Oh no! Just. But I think Diane Lane's doing a show, but that's not on my list, huh. so I don't know. But here's the cool Cynthia? thing: they're playing sisters, and they're gonna do it in rap. That sister play is also, I'm familiar with that title because Kevin D. Daly has talked about it before. I want to say that Liz Taylor did a production of it mm, in maybe. the 70s that I think was recorded on vinyl. Oh, oh. Right? Yeah. No, I think that was Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah. But I'm really excited. I no, hope it was. opens Liz up Taylor more. Taylor was in Little Foxes. Okay. It was her stage debut. Oh, so I'm sorry. Serious stage debut is what this website I'm oh. on right now. This www.damelizabethtaylor.com. Sure. <laughs> Little Foxes was Elizabeth's serious stage debut. She had previously done a charity poetry reading called World Enough in Time and a non-speaking role in Dr. Faustus. Oh. Holy shit. Anyway. I'm, I don't know. I'm most excited that it's going to be done in rep. Yes, me too. Me because too. we have a lot of dream shows that we yes. want done in rep with like revolving cast. And I, I, doing rep on Broadway is exciting. Yeah. Really exciting. So they're going to, I don't know if it's going to be every other performance or every other week or whatever, but they're going to switch off roles. Oh, so fucking cool. It's not like a boring rap of two really boring shows <laughs> with Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. Right. Who are delightful. Right. I didn't see any still. of those, so it's like they don't <laughs> exist to me. Ugh, I saw both of them. <laughs> this is so The one cool. was 
just real bad. I'm stoked about this little foxes thing. It sounds good. I mean, Kevin Daly likes it, which means it's good. Um, it was written by a woman, Lillian Hellman. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I like both those yeah, ladies. Yeah, I know. And both of those ladies are oh awesome. God, and I've seen Laura Linnaeus on Broadway before. How exciting. Oh, yeah, you saw Les Liaisons Dangerous. Right? Yeah. And you fell asleep. No, I was very much awake the whole time. I was just really, really oh, okay. bored. That's good. I was sitting in the front <laughs> row. <laughs> right, right, I certainly right. was awake for it. I just was really bored and did not know what was going on. I mean, I understood the beats that I was familiar with from pop culture about that storyline. Well, that's good. I was like, okay, then they fuck each other. Uh-huh. From Cruel Intentions? Did you ever see that movie? <gasps> maybe like half. That was like I'm very much like a like half of it. my generation. Yeah. Not that you're a, a different generation. I was a little too young for like, it, though. I was a little yeah. too young when it came out, and then I don't think I ever My sister it. bought me tickets to see that Amazing. movie. Because it was rated R. Yeah. And now the three Broadway theaters, well, companies, have changed their rules about photographs. So I will now no longer feel very uncomfortable. (laughs) Although I sort of, everybody sort of was cool with it for the most part, as long as you weren't taking set photos. Mm -hmm. Um, But now officially you can take photos before the show, at intermission, and after the show at... Oh, I'm sorry, two. It's only two companies. In Schubert Houses and Jujamson Houses. Interesting. Not Nederlander, Nederlander Houses. say no. So does Roundabout. Yeah, I guess also like Disney. And MTC. And in Helen Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can take photos now. So that's. I think that's a little less stressful, but I do think that... For the most part, if you're going to take a photo during the show, you're already an asshole. So, sure. well, like, yeah, like assholes don't care about rules at all. Right, exactly. Like making it clear that you can't take a photo during the show. Right. I would hope that that's fucking common well, sense. Well, I mean, I'm sure that like I'm, I if I were running those Disney shows, I'd say fuck you to this policy and would never institute it because like when I last time, no, I guess it wasn't the last time. How many times have I seen The Lion King? Three times? Two times. The first time I saw The Lion King. Okay, so this was a long time ago. But I'm sure it hasn't changed. It was like a fucking paparazzi scene up in that fucking Lion King. Like, everybody was taking flash photos the whole show. And especially when Simba was up on his, you know, I'm holding a baby up on a rock moment. You know, so like, and that is a language barrier that if you're like, yeah, you can take photos before the show and after the show, but not during the show. Like, no, no, no. Right. No, I know the same thing in Phantom. No, no phones. No, take all the cameras away. But sure. But of course, then when the first time I saw Phantom, they were just sort of like, do whatever you want. Oh, man. (laughs) And my memory of being at the Lion King was just, well, I mean, I think they were trying a little bit. But it was just, yeah, I mean, all I remember from really that performance was seeing that scene where Rafiki is holding up Simba and it was like, so, like everybody in the fucking theater took a flash photo. And I was like, God damn. It was Ugh. like a red carpet moment. I was like, this is ridiculous. I saw it for $10, though. I can't complain. 
Ten dollars. Yeah, it was when I was in school, so it was through school. Oh. So it was only ten bucks. Carolee, 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 update. Well, Carolee Carmelo now knows the power of Bright Star. Because Carmen Cusack was out, right? I was going to say the power of Carmen Cusack, but I think Carmen was out. Yeah, we're trying to figure that out. Somebody said that she was out, but whatever. I mean, I'm just, I'm happy that that Carolee got to see that show. Yeah. I mean, I guess I was like, oh, two divas together the ladies well Carolee would be great uh, she would and like i mean i think those ladies i would cross cast them in everything that the other one's been in oh yeah but like and how interesting would her voice sound in that yes i would love to know god um yeah that was i was I love, like, that's one of the, it's like, oh, your show's closing, that's awful. But it makes me really happy to see the people that, when they're like, oh, I'm really bummed that my show closed, but now I get to see shows. Like, I feel like uh, right? Andrew Keenan Bulger saw something or two things that I saw on Instagram this week that I was like, yay, I'm glad you guys are like, it makes me happy when the actor's show closes and they are like, that's awful Going for to me, support but the other I, shows. yeah, like what a wonderful opportunity for me to actually get to see my friends and colleagues and just see what else is happening. Yeah. Well, and how did she buy her ticket? Oh my God. Bright star. Guys, Carly Carmelo stars are just like us. They wait in line at TKT fucking S in Times Square. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if there was just like someone standing behind her that was like, <sighs> I mean, I saw people in line at TKTS when I would be out there flyering. Like who? And you're like, why? I mean, I know why. Because we all think that if you're in the industry, it's so easy to get a ticket. But it's It's not. not at all. Especially if you have, like, family in town and you need, like, a bunch of tickets or something. Broadway actors yeah, still stars, pay. Just like yeah, us. they still got to pay for the other shows. It's not like once you've been on a Broadway show, you're in some club. That's like oh, wouldn't that, that be nice? Be great. I mean, it- <laughs> free tickets for life. They wouldn't make any money. They already have a hard time. That's funny. And she took a picture with the TKTS guy. Oh, she's perfect in every way. It's so adorable. I love it. Yes, TKTS. Now it's time for the Audrey McDonald tweet of the week. On June 11th at 1:54 p.m., Audrey McDonald quoted a tweet by Tracy Toms that said, we love to do it because we love our fans. The majority of fans are amazing, but this is our worst nightmare. And Audra commented, yes, love, everything that you are saying, everything. And then some praise hands. And this tweet was in reference to Christina Grimmie, uh, who was shot and killed in Orlando, of course, the day before the horrifying events Mm. at Pulse Nightclub. Yeah, it's, oof, when I saw that thing about her, I mean, I had never, no idea who she was, but reading the details Mm -hmm. of it, I mean, it's fucking terrifying. It's, it makes, yeah, it, it definitely, I think, I don't know, it's such a fucking horrible thing and it makes me on the one side, like, yeah, that moment of 
when fans, um, I guess, are frustrated with the interactions they're able to get with celebrities, like I or whatever, like I just want to like point to this and just be like, yeah. it's not about you. Like they're like these are realities. Like that is fucking ter- like she's a YouTube star and like was what on The Voice, you know? Yeah, and like you, she's not fucking Selena, but. She still got shot dead by a fan. Like, it's fucked up. Well, and even when you're not that, you're not Selena or whatever, like, it was a pop concert. The venue didn't think that they needed, and they're not sure if he actually attended the concert. They didn't think they needed armed security. They didn't think they needed uh, metal detectors because it wasn't wasn't whatever they deemed to be, like, a risky concert. And... I'm sure there were not, you know, maybe the barriers that they have outside of Broadway theaters, right. if anything. Well, sure. I mean, think I've about it. If somebody touched. had a gun, <laughs> I mean, think about any of the, the stage doors at the Broadway shows. They might have a security guard, but, like, people with guns have guns. Like, <laughs> the security yeah. guards that stage doors sure don't have guns. Like, it's, I mean, it's fucking, ugh, ugh. Every day that people and have I access think, to guns, it's like you're taking a risk when you walk out your door. No. I mean. Yeah, I know. I know. And especially this is obviously the most extreme situation. But, you know, that it's like an important thing for Tracy Toms and Audra also to point out because mm-hmm. there have been such vocal people. Right this season that are like you owe me you have to come out it's like no no and you can point to the little things of like i'm fucking tired and i want to go home or you can be like no like i don't fucking stage door because i that is a risk i'm not willing to take in this world like i don't know all this like oof yeah it's we live in a world we live in a a we live in a country where like, I don't know. I think that history is going to look back on this time period and the guns that we have and just, it's so absurd. It's so disgusting yeah. and absurd. 100%. Get rid of all the guns. It's... 100% of the guns. No guns. Nobody has guns. Yeah. Nobody gets I mean... guns. Hamilton doesn't get guns. Nobody gets guns. <laughs> Hamilton doesn't get guns. <laughs> Well, that's kind of a hard, hard way to end the <laughs> podcast. But, you know, it was obviously a lot of Audra's tweets this week were about these two events. Yeah. And then we had the Tonys and it was a hard day that everyone acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it the show must go on, I guess, for it to be well, like yeah, really no, fucking cliche uh, well, about that's it. That's like, I mean, I... When I woke up on Sunday morning and I I got up pretty early and like it was the first thing I saw and I was like, oh, my God, like sort of looked at it a little bit and then like went to take the dog out and stuff and sort of like had, you know, I have all these pride plans coming up. And there was also like, you know, a rumor about somebody got stopped on their way to the L.A. Pride Parade on Sunday. Right. Possibly was planning something and stuff like that. And I'm like, God, like, is this the moment where I'm like, I'm not really shouldn't go to pride like there's been so many gay attacks recently like am i really gonna go out to pride and then i was like fuck yeah i am yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Am I still going to go to the theater every day? Yeah. Like, am I still going to go do these things? I wish I could went to the theater every day. I mean, like, you know, like. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Ugh. It's like you can walk around in a circle and talk yourself through it again. And I I personally am still going to always come back to the conclusion that, like, I can't stop living my life just because a ton of psychopaths uh, own guns. If I, and if I thought about how off you know often my life was in danger leaving my front oh, door of course. for any number mm-hmm, of reasons, mm-hmm. I wouldn't leave. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, of course. Like there was a <clears throat> one that there was like that. And this was a little while ago, like a year ago or something like that. But there was like that knife wielding man in Times Square that got shot dead oh, by yeah. the police. That was like. I mean, I don't work there. I didn't work there at the time, but that was literally half a block from where I work now. You know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, there have been time, plenty of times where there was a shooting somewhere in Manhattan. And I was like, oh, I was there like during that time, but I was five blocks away and I had no idea. Yeah. That's fucking New York. Yeah. And that's America. And then on top of that, there's, you know, the added. <sighs> like targeting of the gay community right. that happened this weekend yeah. and targeting of religions by other religions mm. and God damn. then those religions are targeting other people. And it, yeah. like, I have to say, I mean, just the mm, knowledge is power. It's <laughs> just like, I feel like I saw yeah. so many people retweeting other people who were like, you know, saying it really Islamophobic things, being like, <clears throat> nobody ever killed a bunch of people in the name of Christ. And it's like, I'm sorry, <laughs> have you checked with all of human history? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding I mean, me? You don't even have to like be historic about right. it. Like that happened like Hitler was right? doing like that, that happened like a like a couple years like seventy months years ago. ago. Dylan Roof months money. ago. Dylan Roof. Come on. Oh, man. Nobody. What about the Crusades? Like, that's just, that's a comedy sketch. You're so, you're so uneducated. That's a comedy sketch. Like, it's, I mean, it's not because it's sad. Well, happy Pride, Emily. Oh, man. What a way to. No, but seriously, happy fucking Pride. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna march in the Dyke March on Saturday Pride weekend, and I might do it topless just because I can. Yeah, that's what, I mean, that's like part of what the Dyke March is. They don't get a permit. Yeah, it's a protest. It's not actually like a parade. Um, right. And I, I don't know. I know that a lot of people who participate don't wear shirts. Well, it's also legal in New York well, City. That aspect of right. it. I mean, I can walk down the street not wearing a shirt any damn day I please in yeah. New York City. Actually, I- Any of you kids <sighs> listening, tourists, it's legal. It is legal. <laughs> for you to it do that. It is legal. Legal to be topless. Not all the cops know that, though. So you might get a ticket and have to argue with them. But yeah, or like harass. Or get harassed. But if you get one, it'll still throw it out. Yeah. <laughs> but it will be a hassle. Take it Yeah. <laughs> All right. We love you all. Everyone be safe yeah. and be nice to each other. Exactly. And be safe. Be nice to each other. 
love each other and see theater. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater. theater.